welcome to the first episode of Bite-Sized Cinema, a show where we discuss a film and I cook a food from that film. Courteous warning, there will probably be spoilers, and today's feature film is The Founder from 2016, starring Michael Keaton. First of all, before we even dive into the movie, I adore Michael Keaton as a human being, and I still remember his acceptance speech for the Golden Globes in 2015, so a year before this film came out. And he won Best Actor for Birdman. In his acceptance speech, he discussed his best friend. And he described this person with such a kindness. And by the end of it, he's all teary and choked up. And he, I'm teary and choked up. And he goes, and this person happens to be my son. Obviously, I cried. It was so sweet. I've been a big Michael Keaton fan ever since. I feel like he's such a genuinely kind human. So now that everybody knows I'm sensitive, (laughs) this is a biopic and it is about the founding, founding father, so to speak, of the McDonald's Corporation, Ray Kroc. Keaton plays Ray. And although he was not the creator of the original McDonald's restaurant, He built the empire that it became, and he is the one who started the McDonald's Corporation. Even though this film came out in 2016, this was my first time seeing it this week. And I'm really glad I saw it. I kind of wish that I'd seen it sooner. I really enjoyed it. Even though I personally don't eat much of any fast food, and I wasn't really, uh, you know, interested in seeing a movie about McDonald's initially. I'm so glad I watched it. I highly recommend it. It's not my favorite film I've ever seen status, but it's definitely a good watch. And the movie starts in 1954, and it goes on for, I think, about a 10-year span, give or take. So it starts in 1954 at a drive-in called Griffith's. Ray is a traveling salesman who has been trying to sell this milkshake machine that makes multiple milkshakes simultaneously. He's at Griffiths. He pitches his idea. They don't want one. He is on his way out, gets some food. His food, you know, comes super late. It's missing something. There's a lot of frustration and letdown. And this happens to him over and over and over again. So he keeps traveling around to all these different restaurants, getting a no, ordering some food, being dissatisfied with the service and the food, and then leaving to have it happen somewhere else. So he's feeling really defeated, but he is a persistent man. That is a word that we will actually discuss in a bit because it's actually a word that becomes very prominent in this film. And he is like, you know what? This sucks. It's a big letdown, but I'm going to keep going. And... Before he leaves Griffiths, they, just like a small tidbit. So he glances at the menu and I pause the screen because I was very curious. They were selling cheeseburgers for 20 cents. 20 cents. The cheapest thing on the menu were both coffee and orange juice. And those were five cents. You can't even, in today's day and age, 2023, you can't buy even a side of sauce for five cents. You can't throw a nickel at somebody and expect to get anything for it. It doesn't mean anything. A nickel means nothing. Just like the penny doesn't mean anything. A nickel, whatever. Even a dime is like, what? 
<laughs> not even a full quarter, you could get a whole cheeseburger. And I'm really curious if Griffiths existed in real life in the 50s, or if it just was a one-off thing that they made up for the, you know, the script for the film, and it wasn't really a thing. I'm really curious because if it was, was it designed in the film to look and, you know, feel like the original? Just curious. But I, I just thought, I thought that was so interesting. So Ray, he's traveling around. He somehow gets in touch with his office. I'm pretty sure he calls them from a payphone to just kind of do a check-in because obviously cell phones don't exist. And the secretary at the office says, hey, this restaurant in California, he's nowhere near California, by the way. Hey, this restaurant in California, they want to buy five of our machines. I feel like that's a mistake. He goes, yeah, that's absolutely a mistake. I mean, this guy can't even sell one on the road. I'm sure at some point he has, but what they've shown us in the film thus far is that it's very hard to sell this machine. Nobody wants it. And now suddenly somebody calls and they want five? It has to be a mistake. He goes, oh, I'll, I'll figure this out. He calls the restaurant directly and he goes, hey, can I speak to the owner? Finally gets an owner on the phone. It's actually very difficult for him to because they are slammed. He can tell even over the phone how busy this place is. So much so that the person who he gets on the phone with ends up having to get off pretty quickly because he's just like, hey, I have too much going on. I got to go. Click. And the owners who play the McDonald brothers are played by John Carroll Lynch and Nick Offerman. If you don't know Lynch by name, you know him by his face. He has been in numerous roles over his vast career in the biz. If you don't know who Nick Offerman is, this might be where we part ways. So to redeem yourself, go look him up after you finish this episode. But over the phone, he learns that this is not a mistake. And in fact, let's add a few. So they go from five machines to, I think, eight machines. He is fascinated by this. He looks at a map and he maps out, how can I get to San Bernardino, California fast? I need to be there. I want to go. I need to see what this is about. What it, what, how in the world could they possibly use this many machines at once? Why would they need this many machines at once? So he drives across the country. He gets to San Bernardino which is actually not very far from where I'm originally from. So it was pretty cool to see that in the film. It looks very similar to how the main road in San Bernardino still looks to this day. So that was pretty cool. Uh, the only difference, I mean, besides some new buildings being thrown in, is the fact that the cars were all from the 50s. <laughs> but outside of that, it looks pretty much the same. So that was fun. Uh, he pulls up to McDonald's and they are crazy busy. Their sign says hamburgers, 15 cents, which is still mind blowing to me, by the way. And it's a very simple concept. You don't even drive up, you park your car, you get up, you walk to a window. He gets in this massive line and he just thinks, well, am I going to be here all day? He kind of looks at his watch lady in front of him goes, Oh, don't worry. It moves fast. It does. It moves very fast. He gets to the front pretty quick. He gets his food not only correct, but in 30 seconds, maybe less. Prior to this, as I said, he's waiting excruciatingly long. His food is made incorrectly or is missing something. And now suddenly 
It's perfect. And in faster time than he's ever seen in his life. He thinks this is a mistake. He goes, no, 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 there's no way. What is this? This couldn't be the food I just ordered. And they're like, no, that's it. That's what you ordered. So he takes a bite, realizes it's one of the best burgers he's ever had in his life. And he ends up meeting the owners. He gets a tour and he's in love. You just see his eyes light up like he's at Disneyland. He's a kid. He just is in love with this concept, the burger, the brothers, the unique system that they've created and the choreographed workflow, the name, all of it. Eventually, he gets, and not very, very long after this, he gets the brothers to allow him to franchise the restaurant. They had tried it before and failed. And he lets them know, no, I got this. We can do this. He sells, you know, this idea to a few of his friends who are retired. They just don't uphold the quality and standards that the brand represents. And that might sound strange when you know McDonald's today, but at that time, they upheld a very high quality standard. And he gets pissed off. He is stoked about this company, this brand, and he realizes the people that he thought he was going to need to sell this idea to aren't ever going to care about it in the way that he does. And he's not rich. Unlike these friends of his, he is a working class, regular American guy. So he comes up with the idea why don't I just franchise to middle-class investors like me, people like me, people who need this job, people who want this job. He does this and the franchising suddenly takes off like wildfire. The investing of working class individuals helps him to find people who care about the quality, who are boots on the ground folks and who are working, you know, open to close or at least some variation of that, they, they aren't just renting it, they're owning their car, you know? And this becomes a complete game changer for his entire franchising mission. Like what he set out to do, suddenly he's doing it. And he's doing it better than he probably thought he could. And unfortunately, he signed a contract with the brothers that even though he was bringing in all of this success and money to the brand was never going to allow him to make more than break even. And he was about to lose his home because in order to buy into the franchise himself at the very start, he had to take out a loan that waged against the deed to his house, his only asset, and the stakes were set incredibly high because of this for his entire endeavor. But that's how much he believed in McDonald's. He saw potential for mass replication that no one else saw, not even the brothers themselves. And it took Ray's conniving ways to make it happen and to build this empire that we know it as today. And this film does an incredible job at making you sympathize with a character who is conniving, as I said, and corrupt. You also feel sympathy for the brothers who lose this incredible thing that they built together. But they both have moments in the film that you dislike them and you may feel that they're more of a villain character. But it's a reminder 
that there's good and bad in all of us. But to reel it back, Ray is persistent. And like I mentioned earlier, this is a very important word in this film. He uses the word to describe how to be successful. His perseverance and his persistence inevitably allow him to outright buy the owners. He meets someone along the way and before doing this. He meets someone. This guy is Harry J. Sonborn, who later became the CEO and president of the corporation. But he steps in and he goes, hey, you should actually buy the land and then lease said land to the people who are buying into your franchise. That's where the money is. And Ray realizes in doing this, he is finding a loophole because he's not going outside of his contract. In fact, he's creating a whole new business. He decides to start that business and call it McDonald's Corporation. The brothers are pissed. They're like, you can't do that. You can't use the name. He goes, actually, yeah, I can. I, I can do everything that I'm doing. And he's right. However, he does start to do a few other things that do go outside and breach his contract. And basically, the brothers, they want to sue him. And I believe they do actually begin the process of suing him. But Ray said, you know, let's do it, starts a corporation, starts becoming one of the biggest real estate owners in our entire world. McDonald's Corporation, right now, in this moment, own 45% of the land that they have locations on worldwide. That's almost 50% of every location. They own the land in which that location sits on. I cannot fathom how much money they are probably making off of that alone. It's a mind-blowing part of the film that I, I never knew anything about. This film is much more than just food. It's much more than just business of starting a corporation. It's changing the game. Not only changing the game for the fast food industry, but it changed the game for how the fast food industry and how any company really can monopolize and monetize in new and different ways. And then, you know, there's capitalism right there for you. But I definitely learned a lot about the corporation watching this. And I also felt inspired by this idea of persistence being the key to success. The film says that anyone can be talented. Anyone can be a genius, smart, but neither of those things give you the tools for success. Persistence of a goal will bring you success, which felt quite fitting to hear in the process of even just beginning this podcast. I have wanted to start a podcast for a very long time, and I have struggled to simply find the beginning to that process. I lacked the time and energy, and it wasn't even until the beginning of this year that I began accepting rest as productivity. I actually just started Trisha Hersey's book, Rest is Resistance. Thank you to my friend who let me borrow that. Rest might sound contrary to the idea of being persistent for success, but for me at least, in order to stay true to my passions and remain purposeful, I need time to think. Creativity requires time to breathe. Being a human being requires time to breathe. I had been managing restaurants for a solid chunk of my life, 
And as this film shows, that requires a tremendous dedication. Now that I am no longer in that world, I finally have the capacity to dedicate time and energy to things that bring me joy and rest has allowed me to conjure up ideas and put my first foot forward to projects like this. So if you are listening and you just can't stop dreaming about something, are passionate about something, something that brings you joy, but you're not doing enough of it, whatever it may be, stay persistent. If I learned anything from this movie, it is persistence is key. There is your daily affirmation for today. Uh, But the film was well made. Like I said, the casting was amazing. The cinematography aligned with the style perfectly. I loved all of the 50s and 60s cars. I think I caught a Bel Air in there somewhere, which reminded me of my grandfather who loved Bel Airs and had one before I was born. And a weird coincidence is that he literally lived maybe 10 or 15 minutes down the highway from the original McDonald's. Just... A weird aside. The only thing lacking uh, is maybe character development because the characters are pretty much the same from start to finish in an overall sense. Yes, Ray gains success and essentially, you know, becomes this huge sensation, but he's also kind of the same exact person from the beginning to the end. He never changes in terms of his drive and persistence. He's exactly that person from the very beginning. He never loses that part of himself, nor gains it, because it's just always there. He maybe just gains some ego, and he does finally realize that he's not in love with his wife, which was a painful relationship to watch. Although Laura Dern plays an unhappy wife like a champ, It was a disservice to them both to stay together. And for all my Velma queers out there, Linda Cardellini plays his second wife, and she's lovely as ever. All right, let's get into the food that I featured for this episode. Obviously, the food of choice had to be the original McDonald's menu. So a hamburger, a french fry, and a shake. I chose chocolate for this one because why not? And everything I made, although to spec, was a vegan gluten-free version, which did make it a little bit more challenging. But as a person who is vegan and gluten-free and eating this food, I wanted to accommodate to my liking. Everything came out really great. I think that the burger and shake were definitely the best part and tasted the most authentic. The fries were maybe a little too sweet for my liking. And I think if I were to recreate this again, I would do cornstarch instead of sugar. So if you do try to replicate this, please take that note into consideration. I also loosely followed recipes that I found online. I say loosely because I'm not one to follow a recipe. I always make it my own, but I will share those links should you want them. And the fries in particular were different for me. I never buy shortening and um, yeah, just adjust accordingly, have fun with it. Let's jump back to the burger though. Uh, So I did a hamburger, two pickles, perfect amount of ketchup to mustard ratio, a sprinkle of onion, a patty cooked to perfection and on a white bun. Chef's kiss. I hate, I mean, literally I loathe raw onion. 
So I will say, as an aside, after I shot it, before I ate it, I picked off every little diced bit of onion off that burger. (laughs) I very much dissected it because I just can't. I just, yeah, it's not my thing. Anyway, what goes better with a burger than fries in a shake? I mean, come on. So you best believe I whipped up those crispy famous fries and a delicious chocolate shake to wash them all down. If you would like to see how to make everything that I made for yourself, or you just want to see what I made and gobbled up soon after, go ahead and jump over to my Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube pages at Bite Sized Cinema. That's Bite Sized Cinema. And uh, yeah, enjoy those. Thank you for listening to this first episode. I appreciate your support very much. And please don't forget to subscribe, follow the socials, and I hope you are kind to yourself today. Okay, bye.